Arcade Hands, episode one of the Glasgow Generations podcast. Have I got to talk here? This is... The oh. <laughs> oh, you what, a, what a start. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we talk, talk about in this episode? First five years of my life, I can't remember too much about it, as you said earlier on. Yep. Um, probably early 50s and kind of jumped, jumped a wee bit and ended up talking about my... So I leave in school. Yep. So in between times is missing so far. Uh-huh. But that's something we could maybe do. Exactly. We talked about the firm and permitted again. Bombings and punishment exercises. So ah, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the main thing. We talked about that, but that was moving on. Obviously, uh-huh. the early fifties probably got a lot of stories to tell you about that. Um, probably up 55, 56. So that would take me up to maybe about 10 or 12 before puberty kicked in. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, that's another few stories. So on that note. Oh, no, no, no. So welcome to Glasgow Generations, uh, a little podcast designed from the outset to be a light-hearted personal journey through oh, Glasgow oh, 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 oh. Uh, since the 40s, but no doubt which will disintegrate into what can only be described as a seething diatribe about how things were better in the old days. Probably Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Scott Doherty, uh, I run the Top 10 Glasgow Guide, as well as the iTunes comedy podcast for the love of Glasgow with my um, good friend Al McDonald, uh, but I'm here today uh, with someone else entirely. And that's my dad. Hello there. Hello there. How you doing? I'm not too bad, thanks. That's good. That's probably memory go back 50, 60 years, but... Uh, that's right. You can put me a stick and make remember something. Fantastic. Well, normally you're just uh, listening to the podcast. That's right, yeah. How does it feel to be in the business end of the microphone? Well, be a bit strange. Uh, so I listen to my own voice for once in <laughs> yeah. life. Months Take a while to get to used to it anyway. But, exactly. Uh, I, I mean, I thoroughly enjoy your podcasts and... Um, Despite yeah. what you said last time, you better keep them going. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure Alan's listening yes. to this anyway. Yep. Maybe I'll look forward to that video if it comes out. Exactly. But uh, mm-hmm. we'll be doing this podcast every once in a while, uh, at least until uh, my dad runs out of stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll let you know when a new one's out in the, the new blog that I've set up. It's glasgowgenerations.blogspot.com. Uh, and on the blog, you can email us your own memories and stories about growing up in Glasgow. Uh, the email address is glasgowgenerations at googlemail.com. Or you can use the, the comments box I've set up in the Top 10 Glasgow Guide. Uh, it'd be great to hear as many real memories as possible. Um, there is also a Skype button in the blog. You ever use Skype? Yes, <laughs> I think I could spell it. Um, yeah, it an S. Don't confuse me, blame me with signs. That's so right, fair uh, enough. I'll leave that to the younger ones. Well, if you do have Skype, <clears throat> uh, our account name is For the Love of Glasgow. Yes. Like that means anything to you anyway. Yes, but housekeeping over, we're starting at the, the beginning, um, uh, no doubt in the coming episodes we'll dot back and forth, uh, depending uh, on when you remember things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this this first show will probably just be quite general, just to, uh, just to get things going. Okay. So, okay. You, when were you born? Ah, when was I born? 1943, in the middle of the war. That's the uh, Second World War. Not During the war. The war. <laughs> I remember the war, yes. That's right. And Marine saying you weren't born in a hospital? No, but in those days, um, certainly in the tenements in Glasgow, um, 
probably 99% of people were born at home. Mm-hmm. Um, although it seems to be the, th- the thing these days in modern tendencies to go back into that again. Why was that? But, um, I really don't know, I can't recall. Um, but um, myself, my two brothers and my sister were all born um, in 86 Black Street, Townhead. Mm-hmm. And um, I certainly don't remember my own birth. <laughs> but uh, I can remember my youngest brother, Thomas, the uh-huh. professor. Um, maybe go into that later on as we go into the yep, maybe uh-huh. the 50s um, but no I mean that was the thing in those days um, everybody was born in a home and um, the, the midwife came up and um, they just suppose, born this was before the NHS I suppose wasn't it um, well the NHS that was now Bevan who introduced it I think uh-huh. probably about 44, 45 maybe just after the war I don't know the exact yep. date this is accurate history we're doing here <laughs> well, uh, you can check that up some, yep. some blog or other but um, I was now Bevan, I think, introduced it mm-hmm. middle middle forties. Um, yeah, born in nineteen forty three. Yep. Uh, um, in Glasgow, in Townhead, which is um, centre of Glasgow. It's probably no longer there. The only thing that remains in Townhead um, is St Mungo's Parish Church. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because what happened was they, they decided in their infinite wisdom in the seventies to build the motorway. Yep. Right. The M. Um, the M. Eight. Town hit the M8, yep. yes, aye, and the over the over change up at Castle Street beside mm-hmm. the Royal Infirmary. Yep. Um, you had Sucky Hall Street. At the end of Sucky Hall Street was a, a continuation which became, was known as Parley Road. Parley Road? Like Parliamentary Road. Mm-hmm. And when you walked right up there, that took you into the centre of Townhead. You had Black Street where I was born, Baird Street, Glebe Street, Kennedy Street, and that was basically the nucleus of Castle Street. Okay. Um, the whole of Townhead. Mm-hmm. Um, we were the top of Black Street, which was called High Black Street, mm-hmm. which was the better end. Was Low Black Street was down at Parley Road. You say there was uh, a better end. Was there not a VD clinic there as well? Yes, I. Uh, we were on the second floor of the tenement, and um, in our big room, everybody had a big room, uh-huh. which was the, if you like, the posh room where you had the piano, mm-hmm. but nobody ever went into it except for parties okay. of our every other occasion maybe New Year and what have you mm-hmm. but it was always kept pristine clean that everybody else lived in the sort of the room and kitchen sure. as it was known then mm-hmm. um, but yeah through the big window when I used to do my piano practice um, directly opposite was a VD hospital which <laughs> um, might still be there that's venereal disease for those that don't know yep. um, of course as youngsters we didn't know I didn't understand what that was and everybody's told by the mothers don't talk to them girls over there. <laughs> Never knew why. We were playing at football and rounders, what have you. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was um, that was uh, Townhead for you. And it changed in the 60s, say, because of the motorway and what have you. Uh, and all it means now is basically the church mm-hmm. and um, possibly the VD hospital. That's right. Uh-huh. Um, Charles Rennie McIntosh, he was born in Townhead, was he not? I'm sure they've well, re- they've re- they erected a statue for him. <clears throat> you might be right. So Parsons, no, Parsons Street? Passage Street, well, yeah. that's where my school was, St Mungo's uh, Academy. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Passage Street, where you pass the street, and just along from that is where the church is. Uh-huh. Um, St Mungo's Church. Um, going the other way, you were heading towards Castle Street in the Royal Infirmary, uh-huh. which is still there, and a big new one built at the side of it. But uh, yeah, pa- if he was born in Passage Street, well, I'll take your word for that. I don't, well, I don't know if he was born in Parsa. He certainly he did. The, he did one of the, the buildings there. I'm sure. Well, yeah. you may very be right. I mean, yeah. um, there was Parsa Street, and uh, there was a school opposite. Oh, I forget what it was called now. I'll come back to me. Mm-hmm. That was a Protestant school. Oh, right. I suppose because that was always fights. <laughs> uh, 
And we'll probably come back to that as well. Yes, so. I'll, I'll come into uh, bigotry and what have you later yeah. on, perhaps. So what was the, the area like, anyway, at the time? Yeah, it was great. It's, um, just speaking from the top end of um, Black Street, where we were, mm-hmm. um, if you understand it, coming from um, Parliamentary Road down at the bottom, we were sort of perpendicular to that. Yep. Black Street ran right up to the top, to, to Baird Street, which ran parallel to mm-hmm. Parlour Road. Um, we were the second top close number 90 was a top close and it was us um, three floors you know the ground floor first floor second floor and third floor mm-hmm. um, all families some bigger than others yep um, and I always remember there was Mrs Morland she lived in the close um, in the first floor it was the McLaughlin's I'll tell you a story about them later <laughs> on second floor was us mm-hmm. um, we were on the right hand side on this, the landing Um Next to us was the two spinsters, Nellie and Peggy Edwards. Nellie and Peggy. Nellie and Peggy yep. Edwards. Um, they were probably then, maybe in their 50s, to me, mm-hmm. when I was a toddler, probably in their 50s. Um, long dead and gone now, obviously. Mm-hmm. And across from us, old Mrs Maguire, mm-hmm. who, when we were at school, we used to come in at half past three, four o'clock. Four o'clock in those days when the school finished. She'd always make us a wee cup of tea, because my mum was a tailoress, and she used to work in the town. My mm-hmm. dad worked for Rolls Royce. Um, above us was the Thompsons um, I can't remember the other two but I can always remember the Thompsons um, they were always very noisy and you used to get the, the clothes brush banging <laughs> the ceiling because they were always they were all no. deaf no, they, they, had, no, they, literally, they were deaf uh-huh. I didn't realise the racket the days below us okay. but living in the tenants was great um, well I mean there you go you, you knew all your neighbours that that's just oh, right. seems to be uh, not the case these days right. well you had the Billy Connor thing as well about the, the toilets out in the landing because you didn't have a toilet in the house uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, your toilet was in a split level I mean is this the kludgy the, the kludgy right? between the first and the second floor there was kind of half floor uh-huh. and that's where the toilet was and um, you go down there and uh, pitch black yep. at night time and um you went down there to your life in your hands sometimes, you didn't know what was down there, you know. Opened the door to this massive big toilet, and Billy Conley talks about the big wooden seat, yep. you know. Um, and, you know, with the old daily record cut into pieces for your toilet paper, you know. <laughs> we won't go any further than that. Okay, but, yep. uh, yeah, that was great. Um, you knew all the families. I like how you said that was great. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well. The deprivation. Well, there was no deprivation to, we did, well, we didn't know any different. Mm-hmm. Um... It was fantastic. Um, you grew up there, you, you're friends with everybody, you were in there at the house all the time, there was maybe a party at weekends, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it was a sing song, because there was no television. Yep, yep. Um, you listened to the radio, um, or you played the piano, or you listened to somebody telling a story. Um, it was again, Billy Connors talked about it, you know, spinning the bottle at yep. a party, and sure turned for a story or a song. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we'd sit and listen to the, the adults, giving it sort of welly, as they say, you mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, innocent maybe, I don't know, um, but loved it, you know, we loved didn't know it. any different, we didn't know there was a, a hierarchy of well-to-do people, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that was our village if you like, that's where we were, everybody was in the same boat, mm-hmm, sort mm-hmm. of thing, you know, so yeah, mm. it was great, you know. Okay, you, you were born, you say you, you were born during the war, do you remember what Glasgow was like during it? Uh, remember any bombings well, or anything? or? When I knew you were going to be asking me about this, I tried to think back to the 40s, and obviously, I mean, I was born in 43, mm-hmm. only two things I can remember, probably the 40s, with any definition, was when I was about one, when the war was still on, I can still vividly remember, I was in the house, because we had 
um, wooden shutters because okay. they had blackouts. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you mean the blackouts? Well, because of the bomb stop and everybody had to blacken up, either draw your curtains or put the wooden oh, shutters right. over, keep the light out so nobody from above could right. see any light. But I, when I read about blackouts, I thought it was just when they, they didn't pay the lecky bill. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, there's that as well. I know you used candles quite a lot those days. Um, no, the big wooden shutters that covered your windows. Mm-hmm. And um, I still have a vivid recollection. I must have been about one. And it's funny how you can only remember certain wee things. And there was myself, my mum, and my granny. My granny Haney, she was known as. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad worked for Rolls Royce, and he was called up for the war because he was an engineer, and right. the people in the Rolls Royce were making planes and okay. what yep. have you. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously John, Kathleen, and Thomas were born. I was only about one at a time. I was mm-hmm. the oldest of the family. And I still can see ourselves sitting under the kitchen wooden kitchen table under under the table because yep. there was a bomb thing going off mm-hmm. um, and it actually landed sort of in the back court and which looked onto Kennedy Street um, Kennedy Street School so How near was that then? Oh, from there from our house to the actual pitch where we used to play was part of the school maybe about 50-70 yards Jeez. away the bomb landed and didn't go off mm-hmm. I didn't know this at the time I was told as many moons oh, right, okay. later on obviously <laughs> uh-huh. um, and that is one vivid recollection as a baby. Uh-huh. You know, I was one year old and I can still see ourselves, the three of us. All I remember is the wooden shutters and the light bulb hanging from the ceiling. Of course, no with lamp shades, uh-huh. Uh-huh. just a light bulb. Yep. Um, and the three of us sitting under the table. Uh-huh. And then the next recollection I have at the high age was when first day I went to school. Mm-hmm. So it was primary. Um, but the, the, I mean, the, the bomb itself, did you hear it coming down? Or? Oh, I can't remember. No. Um, I mean, as I said earlier on, um, I didn't know mm-hmm. that a bomb had landed there um, until many moons later, I think my dad told me, yeah. um, that a bomb actually landed in Kennedy Street School uh-huh. and did go off uh-huh. and they presumably carted away. Yikes. Um, so that, that was that. Um, where else in Glasgow was bombed, do you remember? Uh, not not in our area at all. I mean, obviously, it's probably no history. I mean, uh, Greenock mm-hmm. got hammered. Clyde Bank mm-hmm. got hammered. Um, obviously, a shipbuilding, what have you. And mm-hmm. uh, Clyde Bank itself was, was virtually destroyed. I wasn't aware of that, obviously, yeah. at that age, you know. Uh, so, the, I mean, the, did that news not kind of filter through at the time? Or? Not, to, not to me. Uh-huh. No, you got to remember, I mean, I was, well, when the war finished, I was two. Yeah. Um, finishing 45. Um John, my sort of next brother down, he was born in May, just mm-hmm. about the end of it. I think it was day after, was it VE Day or something? Like mm-hmm. that. And not VD Day. VD, no. Aye, hold the hospital over there, don't <laughs> talk to them about it. Aye, VD Day, aye. Um, and he was born the 10th of May, 1945. So, mm-hmm. as regards to war, I mean, no, didn't remember a thing about it at all, mm-hmm. other than this one recollection of the sitting under the table. Um, Did your mum and dad ever tell you stories about it? Not really, no. I don't think it was discussed a lot. I see, my dad wasn't actually called up. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there was some sort of uh, arrangement whereby people in certain industries were required to to do. Mm-hmm. My dad was an engineer, and uh, I see, worked for Rolls Royce. Mm-hmm. Um, later on, Babcock's moved to Babcock's later on, and they were sort of play, building the engines for the planes. Yep, yep. Um, so their requirement was to, to do that. So they weren't called up. Mm-hmm. Um, my mum's side. 
Um, she had, well, she'd a big, she came from a big, big family. They were born in Bridgeton, mm-hmm. which is another part of Glasgow. Bridgeton. Bridgeton, uh-huh. right. Uh, and of course, you go down there now, just as anywhere in Glasgow, if you go anywhere now, mm-hmm. Glasgow now, as you know yourself, has totally changed dramatically in the last 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, she came from a big family, as most folk did. Excuse me, um, she had five sisters and four brothers. Yeah, it's a good and, Catholic um, family. <laughs> a good Catholic family. No, no, actually no. Um, a Protestant family. Oh, right. Was, uh, my dad was a Catholic, and um, his dad was killed in the First World War. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad had just been born, and uh, my grandfather, um, where I get the ball spot from, <laughs> um, he was killed when he was 21. Right. He was uh, with HLI, killed in France. What's the HLI? Uh, Highland Light Infantry. Okay. Um, so we never knew anything about that. But having said that, my dad, um, well, my grand, she remarried much later on, mm-hmm. became as, as we used to know as Granny Haney, H-E-A-N-E-Y. Mm-hmm. Um, and my step-grandfather, if you like, really totally disowned everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. Having said that, yeah, my dad was a Catholic and he came up in a Catholic family, but he met my mum, who was a Protestant, from a, a deeply Protestant family. Mm-hmm. And um, of course, in those days... Catholics and Protestants didn't marry. Yeah. Uh, it was taboo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that went on right up until probably just about the early 60s because mm-hmm. I, it happened to me as well uh, mm-hmm. before I married your mum. Mm-hmm. Um, but having said that, my mum um, decided that she was going to marry my dad and change her faith. Okay. Um, did all the stuff through the church. Yep, yep. Um, was indoctrinated into the Catholic church. And um, for a long, long time, uh, she was persona non grata to the rest of her family. But um, when back to their family, I mean, there was um, five sisters, four brothers. The four brothers were all in the forces. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I always remember my uncle James. Uh, he was torpedoed. <laughs> it's like, it's like old uh, Dale Boy's grandfather, you know, and torpedoed in there. Everywhere he went, he was torpedoed <laughs> twice. Um, the second time round, he lost his hearing. Um, right. Obviously, the, when they hit the bow at the ship, um, it was made totally deaf. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uncle George was in the army. Um, Uncle James, mother Uncle James, um, he was in the army as well, but I don't know what mm-hmm, branch. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, the sisters were all tailoresses. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed to be the thing in those days because they all left school when they were fourteen. That was the thing. They left school. Okay. Once something. they'd got their education, yep. Well, that's <laughs> it. Uh, there wasn't as an education as such for, uh-huh. for people of our ilk, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, they left at fourteen and um, said. They were big into the dancing mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. Glasgow, which was a massive thing, you know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and still is to a degree, I suppose. But uh, yeah, they came from a big family, but why did they talk about Catholics? <laughs> my mum and I. Yep. My mum changed her faith to marry my dad. Um, there was something you said earlier on there about Catholics, can't remember what it was now. But. Um, <laughs> right, you better give me a point about the next bit. Rationing. Let's move on. Oh, to rationing. rationing, yes. Oh, God, I remember that. But I remember when rationing finished. Uh-huh. Um, you got everybody, every family always did ration books. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, there were wee tickets. There was kind of a book, maybe about four inches by five inches. Yep. And there were kind of number of tickets inside you tore off. And everybody went to the co op in those days. Mm-hmm. Um, real fashion with sawdust on the floor. and Big vats of butter and the whole great <laughs> butter pass and whatever. Uh-huh. But uh, the rationing, you know, you're buying things. Obviously, because of the war, rationing was introduced mm-hmm. because there was a shortage of food. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody'd seen bananas and eggs and things. And 
banana didn't, didn't know what a banana was uh-huh. sort of thing but you were given these ration books and all I can remember really about the rationing side of it was purely selfish was because there was rations for sweeties okay buy sweeties yep um, and the thing I, I've ever going to call more than anything else is um, around the corner from Black Street was Bear Street where the current police station is all right, yes, no, we are. Yep, because uh-huh. um, down to uh, ultimately down to Dobie's Lawn. Mm-hmm. Yep, and a little way up along to Glebe Street. I'll tell you a story about Glebe Street in a wee while. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, top end, um, you come round Black Street into Bear Street, and at one end of Bear Street, there was a wee grocery sweetie shop, and at the other end, there was another grocery sweetie shop, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and that's where we all used to congregate uh-huh. on Sunday after Mass and what have you. But uh, Rationing, when they stopped the rationing, which I think was probably about 1954, 55 maybe, some historian will tell you, correct <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Everybody says, right, this is the last one, and we went into it. I always remember it's the Denells. I always remember the, I know the name, the Denells owned the wee sweetie shop in Bear Street. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you bought sweeties in those days, you know, you maybe got an ounce of sweeties. Mm-hmm. But because it was the last day of rationing, everybody used to get a quarter of sweeties. Right. Whatever it was. Now I always remember what I, I got a quarter of mint imperials. <laughs> Hundreds of them. It's just, it's what an imagination. <laughs> yeah, one ounce of sweeties was, was you know, your, your occasional treat sort uh-huh, of thing. Uh-huh. Now I always remember the coupon. It was a 3D. A 3D was the coupon for sweeties. Yep. Um, I'd say middle 50s, I think, was the start time of people starting to grow things. But things like fruit, you never got fruit. Um, I can remember, you know, because of, you were lacking in vitamin C. Uh-huh. So what, one of the things that you, all families used to get was used to get a kind of, it was kind of an orange juice thing, mm-hmm. um, quite strong, thick stuff. That before you had your orange juice, you had to drink a spoonful of a uh, cod liver oil. Oh God! <laughs> and probably people of my age was that their treat or <laughs> you just stand. I mean, this was it before you went to your bed at night. Was I remember the three of us. Thomas was born at that point. Uh-huh. Standing in her own with pajamas, big spoonful. The spoonful seemed to be like a ladle size uh-huh. with this cod liver oil, and you got that, and then you got a wee drink of this orange juice to take the taste away. Uh-huh. But this uh-huh. was to give you sort of vitamin C. And well, was this laid down by the government? You had to have no, 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 no. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I mean, but everybody got it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Ask anybody about my age, you know? Do you remember cod liver oil? And they'll turn their nose yeah. up, uh-huh. and the orange juice that came after it. Sort of <laughs> This, the taste. Which is probably why you hate orange juice as well. Now, right. <laughs> but no, I mean, you know, that's, I mean, people joke about you know they all mention tatties, mm-hmm. um, which I still love. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a staple diet. Mm-hmm. Mentioned tatties and uh, you should maybe get cabbage and bacon, a slice of bacon and cabbage and potatoes, and that was a treat. You know, mm-hmm. you didn't have things. So like that was your like treat. A, oh, aye. <laughs> you didn't have things like Sunday like a roast chicken, and you know, if you saw a chicken, it was maybe a New Year. Uh-huh. Because Christmas in those days in Glasgow was a non-event, basically. Mm-hmm. Christmas Day, you maybe went to Mass, went mm-hmm. to church, Catholics mm-hmm. did anyway. Protestants probably went to their services. Yep. Um, but Christmas Day came and went because most people were either working on Christmas Day, certainly on Boxing Day, mm-hmm. wasn't a holiday. Mm-hmm. New Year was a big thing in those days. Oh, right, uh, it's the other way around now, I suppose. Oh, right. yeah. it's, it's been back to the, uh-huh. probably the better way as far as I'm concerned. Um but that was it. But no, I mean, you know, fruit. No, you know, you didn't get fruit. <laughs> you know, it's the first time some, somebody saw a banana, what's that? What do you do with it? Uh-huh, you know? uh-huh. um, things like that. Um, it just, but you didn't realise you were missing something because you didn't know it was there in the That's first right. place. Sort of thing, you know? Yep, yep. Um, 
So that was that was a sort of well for me anyway the, the early fifties anyway mm-hmm, mm-hmm. can't really as I said earlier on can't really recall the forties because you're under five you don't remember at all. Yeah, no. I remember going to school for the first day which had been in forty eight probably went to school when I was five mm-hmm. and she said mum was primary and I remember my mum because that's the only thing I remember that my mum and my sister Kathy and she'd have been about two at a time walked me to the school gates and I didn't want to know them. <laughs> I would do this myself, you know. I just wanted to go away, uh-huh, uh-huh. and I went into school myself. Uh-huh. Um, don't know what John was mentioned. He'd been about three at the time. Uh-huh. Um, maybe my dad hit him or something. I don't know. But um, that's my only memory at that stage, pre nineteen fifty. And at the school, it was um, priests. No, 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 no. Well, no. there was uh, the Maris brothers um, used to run St Mungo's Primary School. Uh, and St Mungo Academy, mm-hmm. senior secondaries as they were called in those days. Um, but no, the majority of the teachers um, in the primary school were just teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, you maybe had one or two, maybe there was a Maris brother who was a head teacher. Yep. Um, mine was a guy called Brother Gabriel, mm-hmm. uh, my teacher. I always remember I was Mr Donaldson because uh, he ran a football team. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, I was quite a good footballer in my days and uh, used to play for the school. Yep. Um, is that the, the picture uh, that you've got? There's a... Uh, ah, the Gabriel no, that, yeah. uh-huh. uh, Brother Gabriel's there. Uh-huh. Um, no, the, the teacher standing there is... Um, we used to, of course, it's prime, when you got to the primary six, primary seven, uh-huh. you start to realise, that, you know, Mr Donaldson, I think he fancies it. <laughs> can't remember her name, but she uh-huh. was the other primary seven teacher. Um, she dealt with most of the girls with us cookery classes and their knitting and what have you type of thing but uh, Mr Donaldson was a good uh, mm-hmm. teacher I mean they, the teachers in those days did everything yep. you know you didn't have a PE teacher mm-hmm. he was your teacher and at four o'clock came the kids who were interested in football which was a majority of them stayed in the playground and you played football you know and eventually you picked teams and you played down in the Glasgow Greens you mm-hmm. know the old mm-hmm. red blaze pitches you know and slime tackles to take <laughs> your leg off you know right uh-huh. um, but you got more of that when you went into the the big school with senior secondary sort of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. You did what you called your, your quality, qualifying exam. Mm-hmm. That's when you were about 11. Um, you were really basically primary seven then, mm-hmm. pre-primary seven, late primary six, primary seven. You did what they called the quality. That's what it was known as, the quality. It was a qualifying exam. Well, if you failed your quality. Well, you went into a junior secondary, uh-huh. which was for the thickles, you know. <laughs> um, they got and which one, which in, one did you get into? Oh, I went into senior secondary. <laughs> I was always top boy in the primary school. I was a, used to get used to get a prayer book every year, a school prize. Ooh, my God! Primary <laughs> one to primary seven. I uh-huh. was always first in the class. Uh-huh. Um, Before the all went downhill. Yeah, it went all downhill when uh-huh. it was uh-huh. third year. But um, what kind of class sizes was it? Sorry, what kind of class size was it? Oh my God! Well, you saw the photograph mm-hmm. earlier on today. Mm-hmm. Probably forty odds, fifty, oh, fifty kids in the class. All ages, uh, well not all ages, all sexes if you like, so mm-hmm, male mm-hmm. and female, boys mm-hmm. and girls. Um, and you got your, as the top knows is three R's, mm-hmm. reading, writing and arithmetic. <laughs> um, and that was basically it, that's all you got, it was uh-huh. how, learn how to read, learn how to write, uh, learn how to do sums, mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. sure. But obviously it, it moved up and it progressed until you get to primary seven, you did your qualifying exam to decide whether you were going into senior secondary. Mm-hmm. A junior secondary, and that was the two options. Do you remember what kind of questions were in the quality? Oh, no, no. no. Um, I always remember um, getting sent, told to go to church, St Mugger's Church, which was just around the corner from mm-hmm. the school. 
um, to go and have a wee prayer before I started the exam. I always remember that, <laughs> going in, sitting on my kneel, kneeling down in front of the, the church, you know, and uh-huh. had a wee prayer. It obviously worked because I passed the exam, uh-huh. went to senior secondary school, um, and as I said, I started off in what they called St. Kenty Games. Yep, uh-huh. St. St. Mungo, right. St. Kentigern, St. same uh-huh. fella. Yep. That was what they called the prep school. Uh-huh. Um, most people went into that. Some went to another place called Rigby Street, uh-huh. which is just sort of South Carantine, uh-huh. um, near my mum used to stay. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, but I went to St. Kent's um, for the first six months, um, and then from there I went up to Parson Street in the first year. Uh-huh. 1A1, 2A1. Then I started to slip a wee bit there. 3A1, <laughs> that was third year. 3A1. Back to 2A1, yep. Um, <laughs> And left against everybody's um, sort of kind of best intentions. Um, I wanted to go to London. That was me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Six, coming up for sixteen. Then um, I'd been a sort of ducks of the school in the first and second year, mm-hmm. and then probably like a lot of kids thought ah, it was too easy. It started to slip back a bit, and yeah. didn't get into three A one, went into three B one. But they'd a better football team anyway. Than three <laughs> one, so Just what counts at the end of the day. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, left it. Well, 15 and a half, 15, got my uh, third year leaving certificate, and I always remember that. I still got it in the attic somewhere. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I always remember it. French in it, French, art, English, history, and I think it was geography. Because uh-huh. um, I got caught cheating at chemistry <laughs> in my last year exam. And some of the answers written in my palm of my hand and some in my knee. Because you know? <laughs> those days, you know, um, you didn't get long trousers to uh-huh. 13. Right, you know? uh-huh. um, everybody had short trousers. Uh-huh. But, uh, so you wrote it in your knee? Aye. Where no one would notice. Palm of my hand. And Mr. Crilly, uh-huh. Sam Crilly, I always remember it, caught me. And uh, <laughs> called me up to the front of the class. You're cheating, dog. No, sorry. Sir. What's that in your hand, you know? <laughs> oh, I was, oh, sorry. So he took my papers away from me, then called me in about a week later and um, presumably marked my paper. I got a pass mark. All oh, right. Um, just. Uh-huh. Um, but not enough to get on my certificate, my leave certificate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's maybe jumping the gun a wee bit. That was, I say, it was about 15 then, uh-huh. you know. Well, presumably you get the belt for that. Oh, I mm-hmm. no, no corporal punishment these days. No, exactly. the belt then was, um, I don't know if, if you do know what, what the belt was, it was a, a strap about maybe two and a half feet long, maybe about an inch and a bit th- wide mm-hmm. and various thicknesses we have about three prongs at the end um, and you if you're up to any once in the class you get the bell yep. and if you knew you were really bothered send for Mr Bennett's bell <laughs> Mr Bennett's bell was stiff they used to keep them in their teachers used to keep them in, inside their jacket over their shoulder uh-huh, that's uh-huh. where they kept them okay. including the women teachers uh-huh. as well. the normal place you'd put a belt yeah Aye. Uh-huh. I mean, it was, I mean they all had their names you know black licorice and things like that you mm-hmm. know but Mr Bennett's the history teacher um, his was the thickest but everybody I mean if you're carrying on in class you know maybe there's something our French teacher I always remember and it was my last, it was our form master, mm-hmm. uh, Big Undy he was called, Big, Big Undy McCormack, <laughs> St Mungo's. Anybody listening there who went to St Mungo's Academy will remember Big Undy. Uh-huh. It was a French teacher, and we learned later on how he was called Big Undy, it was Undy Trois. Oh right, yeah, uh-huh. yep, got it. <laughs> he was a great teacher, but um, everybody used to get Mickey on, you know, he'd be writing something on the board and somebody throw grapes at the board. <laughs> of course, he turned around and everybody was sitting there. And Obviously, yep. And yeah, he, didn't, yeah. he didn't like to give the bell, but um, sometimes he was forced to. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, we had big undies. You know, if, if you picture the situation, you're always brought to the front of the class. Mm-hmm. You were told what you were doing was wrong and you're going to get 
either three of the belt or six of the belt was the worst. Right. Six of the belt. So you hold your hands out this way, one hand under there with your palms open. Yep. And the teacher would whack into you. Sometimes it'd go up right into your wrist uh-huh, and uh-huh. leave a... Yeah, it's all about technique. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> of course, what you did was you did your two palms like that. Uh-huh. And you did that. And of course, the teacher would miss. Uh-huh. You always got an <laughs> you'd open them up. Like, you'd yep. open your hands out. <laughs> because with Big Undy, what you used to do, you used to just put your hands right to right up to your stomach and you couldn't, yep. <laughs> couldn't get any punches and you move back though, after you and you because you just kept moving towards him and he couldn't get his his belt down you know uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but everybody you got the belt and mm-hmm. that was it you got lines I mean th- some lines of poetry I remember mm-hmm. because I got 200 lines from you know the curfew tolls in the hell of parting day you know brother John gave me that 200 lines mm-hmm. um, various other ones um the burial of Sir John Moore after the Battle of Corona. Basically, things, you know. So you just do one line all no, over again? Maybe or? give you a whole verse and say, yeah. right, Doctor. I want that mm-hmm. 200 times by tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. And of course, what you used to get when you used to go home at night, because you tell your dad and you get a clip of the year. Why would you but, tell your dad? <laughs> well, you could say, what are you doing? I'm writing lines. All right, you've got. Uh, you have to do it at yeah, home. Got it. Because what you did when you were getting 200 lines, you get maybe three or four pencils mm-hmm. together in your hand and try to do four <laughs> at the same time. Um, <coughs> The teacher's never really looked at them. Yeah. Maybe look at the first two or three, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't do that again. That's right. But everybody accepted punishment. Mm-hmm. And you knew if you were going to get the bell, it's because you were mucking about mm-hmm. and you deserved it. So see, sometimes it stung and you to come back up here, just above your wrist, it was really a right stinger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was, that was part, part of the course. Part of the course, exactly. Yeah. Well, I think um, we should leave it there just right. now. Just uh, before it gets a bit too punishing for the listeners. <laughs> okay, okay. Mm-hmm. But um, next time we're going to a bit more detail about the, the Glasgow you, you grew up in anyway. Right. And mm-hmm. uh, as I say, I'd love to hear from anyone living in Glasgow from the 40s and onwards. Uh, or anyone, really. Um, and the email is glasgowgenerations at googlemail.com. Uh, or again, you can leave the story in the comments box in the top 10 Glasgow guide and we'll read them out in future shows. So, until next time, at a best. Bye-bye. Oh, Senka, you've missed that again.